morning. Oh, I like that. Feedback. Good to, good to see you here this morning. We are launching a new series of messages today, and we're, I'm calling it Learning to Lis- Listen. And what we're looking at over the next several weeks is really basic, a very core basic part of what it means to follow Christ. Because if we're going to follow him, we need to hear from him and then do what he says. And so we're, we're looking at that, and we're going to try to figure out how to, how to discern his voice among the many voices that might, might be out there. I want to start with Elijah this morning. Elijah was a, a true prophet of God, and he spoke the truth and literally fought for the truth. And so when someone speaks the truth like that consistently and they don't budge, they're not always the most popular person at the party. And so what happened at one point in his life, Elijah had spoken the truth and taken action against false prophets in Israel. And this really upset Queen Jezebel. I don't know if you've ever heard the, you know, the, the phrase, don't be a Jezebel. Well, this is where it comes from. I don't know. You may not have. Maybe it's a phrase I made up in my head. I'm not quite sure. But, but anyway, don't, don't be a Jezebel. That she, you don't want to be like Queen Jezebel because she got angry with Elijah because of what he had said and opposing a plan that she had in place. And so she began to hunt him down. She wanted to take his life. Elijah ran for his life. He was very discouraged by this distraught, in despair. He ran, and then he came under a tree, and under the tree he prayed. He, he asked God to take his life. God, just take me out now. This is frustrating. I'm only trying to do what's right, and look at what's happened. So just take me out. Take my life, would you? Well, God responded. God began to get into a conversation with him. In 1 Kings 19, we see this. It says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, He pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And what are you doing under the tree? And they got into a conversation. In the middle of Elijah's discouragement, God showed himself to him. He he came to him and gave real perspective. He showed him like God, only God can do. He gave him perspective that showed him what was really going on. You can read about it in 1 Kings 19. He also gave encouragement and guidance to him. He, He came along and showed himself in a whisper. And this is how it is with God many times. That's where this is where the title of the book that we're looking at in the growth groups comes from, The Power of a Whisper. It comes from this story. That that much of the time, God's leadership is very subtle. He is, his voice is not usually the loudest, most spectacular voice in the crowd. Like hearing a whisper 
To hear what God's saying, we have to quiet ourselves. What, what happens when somebody's whispering and you're, you're quiet? You quiet yourself and you have to really focus on what they're saying if they're whispering to you in a room. That's, that's how it is with God. We have to quiet ourselves. And we have to learn to listen to him. It, it doesn't come naturally. Listening to God is, is not like anything else. But if we can learn to listen, what we will hear is priceless. So, so this is an important thing we're launching into this month. During the month of October, we're going to dig in and we're going to talk about learning to listen. We're going to get into the groups and find out uh, what the book says about that, particularly what we can learn from Scripture out of the book. Um, what you find out as you begin to walk with God is that he will encourage us. He will strengthen us when we need it, like he encouraged Elijah. And when you set out to do right, sometimes you're misunderstood. Things don't go well. You get discouraged. You get down and discouraged. And what I found several years ago is that if I'm down, I don't have to stay there. I can turn to God and I can get. He will give me what I need to keep moving toward what he wants me to do. I don't have to stay down. I can turn to him, and it may take a while, but he comes through every time. It may not be in my timing, but in his timing, he does. Often, I don't know about you, but when I've got a lot going on, a lot of projects happening in my life, sometimes I get up in the morning, and uh, I have this sense of dread. Oh, I've got all this to do. Oh, no. And so what I usually do when I get up, I'm making my oatmeal. While I'm making my oatmeal, I do the five-minute kind. I don't like the microwave kind. I like the real. I don't know if that's real or not, but the five-minute. But it takes five minutes. So while I'm making my oatmeal, I review my verses. This is one of the very first things I do in the morning. And I review my memory verses. And often, as I'm reviewing my memory verses, an unexplainable sense of confidence comes over me and strength for the day. As I get into God's Word... He uses it to strengthen me. When I set my mind on him and I set my heart on him first thing in the morning, he provides what I need. And then what seemed like a fearful bunch of dread turns into, all right, my step's a little lighter and I'm good to go. I'm ready to go for that day. God gives us what we need as we turn to him. He will lead us in our parenting he will help us. We talked about this the last couple of weeks, how you immerse yourself in the Word of God. You let it get into your heart and mind, and then he guides you with that. He also will personally speak to us and bring his Word to mind and guide us and strengthen us through it. He'll show us the best way to relate to our family, to our friends. Often in the middle of conversations, I'm asking God, Father, would you help me know how to encourage would you help me know how to respond? Would you help me see what's going on and, and the perspective that I can pass along to the people I'm talking to? And he does. He comes through. He, he really does help. I don't always get it right. Sometimes my ears are clogged or something else is going on. But there is no doubt that God gives the direction when I ask. Under the pressure of work or school, he, he will help you. I used to pray in graduate school, college, probably college too, but more in graduate school. 
I was more concerned about that for some reason. I should have probably been concerned in college, but um, I used to pray, Lord, you know all things. Would you, would you, would you help me with this test? Would you, would you give me some help? And sometimes I'd pray for extreme mercy if I hadn't had as much time to study. But, but most of the time I'd say, God, would you just, would you just bring to mind the things that I did study? Would you bring them to mind? Would you help me not to get cloudy? And to get off track here, would you help me with this? God comes through. God helps. At work, on a project, you know, you're, you're stuck. You don't know what to do. Some things are getting snarled up at work. Lord, I'm stuck on this. Would you, would you bring things up to the surface that I need to deal with, that I need to see? Would you help me with this? God comes through. He does. He's here to guide. He wants to guide. When trouble starts to overwhelm me, and, and I think, I, you know, I, I just see one thing after another going wrong. I don't know if you get in runs like that where things just seem like a bad day or a bad week or, you know, just things are piling up. Many times I'll ask God what, to, to show me, what, if, is there something behind this? Like financial difficulty. If I'm having some things are tight and um, it seems like just one thing keeps breaking after the other, you know, I'll ask God, God, is there something I'm missing? Is there something I should have given away that I didn't? Is there, do you want me to be more generous? Do you want me to, I'll, I'll start asking God, and he'll show me. This week, we had a plumbing issue, and half of our bedroom flooded, and our laminate floor uh, that I had just finished laying about three weeks ago, I was so happy that my knees were going to get a break from this. And it starts flooding, it flooded, and so I'm, first day, we're trying to dry it out, we're stamping on it, squishing all the water out from underneath it as we can, and I'm trying to live in denial that I'm not going to have to pull this floor up that I just laid down, and I'm, I'm concerned about this, and, and then I realized, I went on the internet, and I realized, you know, it's not going to dry if I don't pull it up, so I, I pulled it up, it was starting to curl up, this is way more than you need to know by the way, but I'm sorry, I'm reliving. It was just Friday that it happened. All right? I've tried to get over it. So um, anyway, I asked God in the middle of this because I'm extremely frustrated. I, I didn't, you know, this, is, this hurts. And so um, I asked him, God, would you, you know, is there something to this? Because it seems like there's a series of these kinds of things going on right now in my life. Is there something more to this? And the impression I got from him, the, the, I, I realized, you know what, he, this, this, the frustration from this is likely to take you out of the game on some very important things that are coming up in ministry. And so it set my resolve not to allow that to happen. But I asked God, God, and, and he seemed to say, no, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's anything about you, but this could take you out. So it strengthened my resolve not to allow that to happen. Learning to listen to God is priceless. We're, we're going to look at how to hear him in this series. One of the ways, one of the ways that God speaks to us is through an inner urging to do a certain thing. And these are called, in the book, it's called whispers. That's what it's talking about. Some people call them an urging, a burden from God to do something, a prompting. I tend to call them promptings. Now, I have a lot of urgings. 
and you do too. So how do I know when God is the one who's prompting me or urging me to do something? This is the crucial question for all Christians to learn. This is it. How do I know when God's leading me? How how do I figure this out? How do I hear his voice above everyone and everything else, above all the other voices? When someone decides to follow Christ, they've made him their leader. That's basically, Jesus, I've, I've been living life the way I want. Now I'm going to stop that, and I'm going to start following you as my leader. How does he lead us? How do we follow him? How does he tell us what he wants us to do? Followers of Christ, we find out, are led by his spirit in Romans 8, Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. This is a major characteristic of being a, one of God's children, the people of God. We're led, God's people are led by God's spirit, not our flesh. Once we come to Christ and decide to follow him, our flesh is the tendency to rely on our old ways and our old strategies for getting what we want and not relying on Jesus and his ways of moving forward. So we have to keep choosing to follow God's spirit and God's ways. It's a moment-by-moment thing. Look at Romans 8, 3 through 4. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. What this is referring to is the law, the commandments, the do's and don'ts of the Old Testament. We couldn't live up to those. We, we failed. We missed the mark. And so the law could not be the way to salvation. We needed help from God. And so what God did is he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of law might be fulfilled in us, those of us who decide to quit walking our own way and turn around and begin to be led by, the, by God, by Jesus Christ, and we're led by his spirit. And it, here's the descriptive term, the phrase, we do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You have to keep choosing this over and over again. I'm not going to live by the flesh. I'm not going to live by my old strategies, my old ways. I'm going to choose to live by the Spirit. I'm going to follow Him. What the Holy Spirit does, once He comes into your life, once you decide to follow Christ, He comes in, lives in the center, the core of your being. He keeps putting the brakes on the flesh. He keeps putting the brakes on, and we can blow through those brakes. We, we can just keep moving. Even though we feel inside from the Holy Spirit, the brakes are on. But this is one of the ways he leads us by breaking inside when we're in the flesh. The children of God are led by his spirit, not the flesh and not the law. Galatians 5. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, we don't have a set of rules and regulations we keep referring to. To live life. The, the law is uh, not, there is no formula. We must walk in the Spirit by faith. There are two major contrasts to walking in the Spirit in the New Testament. Not in the flesh and not in the law. 
Because what we human beings love to do is we love to boil Christianity down into a set of rules and regulations. And when we do that, we keep turning it into a stale religion, a written code. That's what the New Testament says. We live by the Spirit. We minister in the Spirit, not in a written code. What we tend to think is just give me the rules. Just give me the formula so I can make God happy and so I can get what I want out of life. Just give me the formula. If we could turn Christianity into a formula, we wouldn't have to think. We, we could just read the rules or check the formula and work it in our lives. We wouldn't have to live by faith. We wouldn't have to trust him. We wouldn't have the unknown in a situation. We'd just work the formula. We could just work it. We don't have a formula, but we have a guide. And the Spirit wants to lead us as we take the steps we take in life. It's clear from the Bible that our goal, if we're following Christ, is to keep in step, to stay in step with him. Galatians 5 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This, this whole series about listening to God is so that we can keep in step and follow him in the way that we live and in the choices that we make. We keep in step, you find out, by tapping into the Spirit's resources. The Spirit leads us, and we stay in step by tapping into the Spirit's resources. Look at Romans 8, 5. For those who are living in the way of the flesh give their minds to the things of the flesh, but those who go in the way of the Spirit to the things of the Spirit. The key to staying in step and being led by the Spirit is to give your minds to the things of the Spirit. In other words, immerse your mind and your heart and every part of your being in the things that the Spirit uses to lead us. I have a friend who worked for a travel agency back when I was in college. He worked at this travel agency, and they didn't have anyone who spoke Spanish at the travel agency, but it was in a highly... Spanish-speaking area, and so he went to Mexico for six weeks. It was a program where you could learn to speak Spanish. Scandinavian guy, red hair, freckles, went to Mexico for six weeks, immersed himself in the language, came back speaking Spanish. It was amazing. I thought, this is amazing. This is the way you learn a language, and this is how you're led by the Spirit. You don't just do these things. You don't just do these resources that he's provided, you immerse yourself in these resources. It's not like book learning where you read a book and then you go away. It's you immerse yourself in the resources that God has provided, and his leadership is going to flow from these things and in and amongst these things. God's going to use them to lead us. Here are the four main resources. Prayer. I've given some verses that you can read on your own, on your listening guide with these. But prayer, we call on God, God responds. We talk things over with him throughout the day, and he leads us. Scripture is another. Next week, we're going to look at how Scripture is the key to his leadership, how he uses it to lead. He's never going to tell you something that will contradict what he's already said in his word. So it's very, very important to understand what the scriptures say. Encouraging fellowship is another. Many times, if you're in a group of people, we're in a larger group here, 
You need to have a smaller group that you relate to and a larger group that you relate to who are, you know, the larger groups trying to accomplish the mission and the smaller group is there. They're encouraging you. They're, they're moving you on. And we have this fellowship. That's what the Bible calls it. It means living life together. You, me serving you, you serving me, you know me, I know you. And we're, we get immersed in this. Many times in my own life, I'll, I'll be in a, in a meeting, I'll be getting together with friends, and somebody will say something offhand that God uses to speak to me. It's exactly what I needed to hear. Or I'll be there intentionally trying to talk through scriptures or talk about spiritual matters, and God uses the people around me to, to lead me, to guide me. But I have to be immersed in that. I can't just do it and go away. I have to immerse myself in the fellowship to get the benefit of it. It's a tremendous benefit, the example and the encouragement of others who are walking with him. The last resource, the main resource, is ministry to others. Interesting thing about ministry, which literally means serving, just serving others, serving God and serving others, Many of the promptings we get from God are going to be related to serving others, to ministering to him, to serving him. They're going to be about kindness, showing kindness to others. They're going to be about serving them, serving their interests, sharing our faith with the people around us. God's going to lead us, but we have to learn to listen to what he's saying. And when we follow his leadership to minister, what happens is we grow stronger. We, we develop ourselves. If we refuse his leadership toward ministry, many times the leadings may dry up. The leadership may dry up. And he'll wait until we're not so stubborn to work with us on this stuff. If you aren't immersed in the Spirit's resources, you can't expect to hear from God. A major part of learning to listen is to consistently be around the resources that he's provided. That's how it works. And, and it's important also not to necessarily seek a prompting or a whisper or always be wanting to hear a direct word from God. Usually it's, it's an impression, it's an inner urging to do something. Um, but really we shouldn't seek the prompting itself. God will prompt us as we're seeking his will and as we're immersed in the resources of the Holy Spirit. Don't seek the prompting, just respond when God gives it. Many times I've recognized that God, it was God who led me to do something way after the fact. Way after. It's kind of like I, I, I'm in a situation, I say, and then, oh, that was God, that he was leading me, he was prompting me. And, and don't turn the event, the, the prompting or the urging, don't turn it into a major motion picture. Don't dramatize it. I want to encourage you, don't, don't use it to pump yourself up and feel superior to those who may not have been led that way. Just quietly do what God has told you to do. That's the purpose for the prompting, so he can show you what he wants you to do. We need to be careful to avoid prompting pitfalls. Learning to listen to God and his leading is an aspect of the Christian life that is fraught with danger. It's an area that is full of landmines. 
And so I want to be careful that you know that this, this subjective aspect of God's guidance, these promptings, are one aspect of God's guidance. It's not the whole of it. It's one aspect. So here's an illustration I use to show the different building blocks of God's guidance. Um, the bottom row of building blocks, that's, that's the, the basic stuff that we do all the time. God is, faith is one of the cornerstones. God is never going to lead you in a way that doesn't require faith. You're always going to have to trust him. Obedience is the other. He wants us to get into the scripture. He wants our heart to be set to obey him. In fact, we won't, if we're not ready to obey him, we won't hear from God. If there's something we know he wants us to let go of, we won't hear from God. Obedience is crucial to hearing him. Personal integrity is the, the center block on the bottom row. The integrity of the upright guides them, the scripture says. He, he's he's going to lead us in a way that's not deceptive, that where the inside and the outside, they match. That is how we, we need to be learning and doing God's general will as it's revealed in scripture. And that's the foundation that God uses to lead us. The next row blocks, wise counsel and clear thinking, are something that we're told to use as we're looking for his specific will in different, different areas. We need to talk to people who are mature, they've walked with God for a while, get feedback, bounce our ideas off of them. And we need to think. God never wants us to put our brain on hold or shut it off and then just go with what we feel. He wants us to think things through. He gave us a brain to, to think about this. Trying to follow God without the foundational building blocks that God has provided is like taking that top block, which is really what we're focusing on this month. We're focusing on the top block, the prompting, the prayer and the prompting, and how God leads us this way. But ignoring the other foundational blocks is like taking that block and rolling it like dice. It's a gamble. You don't want to do that. You do not want to do that. You're gambling with your life when you do that. And it can bring much trouble. So be careful with that. Here are the major pitfalls to avoid that we find in Scripture. First one, spiritual naivete. Being naive spiritually. Proverbs 14:15 says, A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. To be simple means that you're too open. You're open to all kinds of ideas. You just soak in the ideas and you don't really think about it. If it seems right, you just go with it. We should never turn off our mind and just go with a prompting. Never. The Bible actually encourages an appropriate level of skepticism about the promptings that you're receiving. We're naive if we don't vet the promptings, if we don't filter the promptings. What we need to do is we need to consider the source of the prompting because there are three possible sources. The one we've been talking about is God. God's a possible source. This is what we're going to talk about in this series, learning to recognize when he is leading Second possible source is my own heart. You know, we want things. I want things. I want things really bad. When I want them really bad, it's hard to sort out my feelings and stuff's going on inside me so that I can sort through and hear what God's saying to me. 
I had guys in college, went to a Christian college. I had guys in college that used to, you know, they, they'd want to date a gal, and they would tell the gal right off the bat, God told me that we're supposed to date. And we're supposed, pretty convenient, isn't it? It's really hard to sort, you know, when you really want something bad. But that's not the way it works. It's possible that our heart is deceiving us. We always have to keep that in mind, and we have to learn to, to filter the promptings appropriately. A third source is the enemy. We have a spiritual enemy who wants to lead us astray. So we have to watch out that we're not being deceived. And we always have to consider the possibility that we're getting it wrong. We need humility, as we'll see in a bit. Never decide that you're going to follow every prompting that comes along. This is very dangerous. You need to learn to discern the source. Second pitfall is arrogance. This is wisdom speaking in this passage in Proverbs 8. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. What we're talking about is we're looking for... uh, how, and as we're looking at how to listen to God, how to hear from God, and then how to respond, we need discernment. We need sound judgment. We need that. Wisdom doesn't give, it, give itself, the scripture passage says, when you're arrogant. You miss out on those things. Be careful not to build your confidence on your own ability to hear God, but build your confidence on God's ability to to let you hear him, to speak to you and allow you to hear him, because he can make the deaf hear. It's his ability that we lean on. And we don't want to get proud, because when we get proud, then we're in trouble. We, we don't hear from God. Third pitfall is laziness. Proverbs 29:20. 20, Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The word for fool in this passage, there are nine different Hebrew words for fool. The word for fool in this passage refers to a lazy person. And there's a, a profile that you can come up with in Scripture. This is someone who's lazy, and they're always looking for the magic key that will open the, the door to the life that they've wanted. And it'll be an, something that makes it so much easier. Well, promptings aren't a magic key. We have to think it through. We still have to do the other work of learning to follow God, learning his general will, getting the counsel. Many times in the midst of decisions, we're trying to sort out what God's telling us. It gets old. I'm tired of thinking about this. I want to just be done. And we're ready to give up. Don't be lazy. Don't, don't roll the dice with the prompting. It's foolish to roll the dice. And, and give in to every prompting or give in to a prompting that lines up with something you really want in your own heart. You've got to watch that. Learn to hear God's voice above all the, the other noise. Here are some safeguards against the pitfalls. Wisdom from God's word, Psalm 19:7. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, it says in the second line, making wise the simple. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The, the word of God makes the simple wise. There is no substitute for knowing the Bible, immersing yourself in it, getting into God's word, applying it to your life. If you'll just get into it, let God speak to you through the Bible every day, do a little bit, respond to it, what he's saying in the Bible, change what he shows you to change, you're going to develop wisdom 
over days, weeks, months, and years that you don't have in any other way. This is the solution for being simple and being naive spiritually. It makes the simple wise. Second safeguard, humility. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. This is, this is where we receive guidance. This is where we receive help when we're humble. The wisdom to make good choices and to, to hear God and know what he's saying comes to a humble heart. Learning to listen is a trial and error process. You have to be willing to admit, to admit that you might have it wrong. I know a lot of people, I've got a word from God. This is it. This has got to be it. I know it. I'm going to, he's told me to do this, and it's going to turn out, and it's going to be amazing. They say that on the front end. They go through it, and they're just eating crow after it's all over. Humble pie. Doesn't taste good. Because they refused on the front end to consider that they could have gotten it wrong. This is crucial to understand. You, you need to be, be willing to say, I'm learning how to hear God. I'm trying to figure out how he speaks to me. Because it's a process. It's something we're learning to do. We learn to listen by practice as we live life and grow through it. A third uh, safeguard is to have examples who are close up. Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You and I need people that we can know and trust who can help us sort through what we're hearing and what we're thinking to discover God's guidance. Is this God? Is this the help? Sometimes we, we, there's a danger in Googling guidance, Googling theology. Sometimes we have questions about things and we Google it or we listen to somebody we can't know and they say something that we latch on to and then we include it in the way we're going about life and getting guidance and it, it leads us in the wrong direction. You can't see the outcome of a person's life on the Internet. You can't see the outcome of a person's life that you're learning from that you don't know. That's why this passage is given to us. We need to be able to see the outcome, the choices that the person's making, and the way it's turning out in their family life, in their work life, in in every aspect of their life. We need to be able to check that out. And when you find people who have good outcomes, you want to go to them. If they're walking with God, things are going well, you bounce things off of them. We need examples who are close up. This is one of the valuable things about being in an encouraging fellowship. In a local church, in a ministry, you have close-up examples that you can follow. God leads us through those. It's one of his resources, one of the Spirit's resources. God leads us as we make use of his resources. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. This is a major characteristic of what it means to know him and to walk with him. This is what Abraham did. I had a, in college I took Greek, and I had flashcards that, to help me learn the different Greek uh, words. And one of the, I, this was a, a, I bought this because it was supposedly a shortcut. Kind of sounds like the, that we're talking about. <laughs> there is no shortcut to learning Greek, let me just tell you. 
But the flashcards were helpful. This is the only flashcard I can remember. It had a big ear on it. And, and it went with the word akuo, which sounds like acoustics. It's one of the words in the New Testament for obey. And it's what Abraham did. It says in Hebrews 11:8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. The word there is actually hupakuo. It's a combination of words. It means hupo means put yourself under. Akuo means hear and do what you're hearing. That's what Abraham did. This is a core aspect of following the Lord Jesus. We need to learn to hear. We need to learn to listen. Imagine how great it would be if we learned to listen and choose to follow our leader in all areas of life. What an improvement. Everything would get better. Our family life, the way we parent, the way we relate to our husband, our wife, our kids, the way we relate to our friends. Our friendships would grow stronger. Our work would be more fruitful. We would be better employees. We'd be better bosses, better employers. CIV itself would be more and more effective. So we're looking at this because we want God to use us for his purpose. If we can hear him rightly and do what he's saying, there's, there's, a, there's a big benefit in it. So we're looking at how to listen during the month of October. I want to wrap the message up today by um, asking you to think through your next step. They're written on the bottom of your listening guide. They're also in the program. If you would, take out the connection card on your, from your program and finish completing inf- information or next steps that, that you want to take on your card. When the offering comes around, you can just drop it in the offering. That'd be great. My next steps. Here are some suggestions that I have. Focus on learning to listen through October. I'm going to be speaking on it. We're going to have growth groups on it. You could join a growth group. Just put the number in the night if you haven't had an opportunity to do that. You may be here and you haven't yet committed your life to follow Christ as Lord and boss for the first time. I accept Jesus as my Savior and I want to follow him as Lord. That's one of the steps that you could take. There's some information about the mission projects. If you'd like to help at one of those, let us know. That'd be great. The first one is coming up on Saturday uh, at Pacific Lifeline at L.A. Food Bank. It would be great to hop in on those. And then you may want to attend a CIV preview to find out about this fellowship and find out more about how we're wired and what we're all about. That's coming up on October 16th. And then the Discover classes relate to the Spirit's resources, each one of those. They're built on one another. You go to 101, you make a commitment and sign a covenant. You go to 201, do the same, and then they build on each other. 201 has to do with how do we get God's word in our life? How, what role, what are the resources of the Spirit? How does God use those? 301 has to do with serving in the body. 401 has to do with our mission, ministering and helping other people hear about Christ and what that's all about. They're all related to the Spirit's resources. If you haven't been to one of those and you'd like to sign up, that'd be, that'd be great. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we're really glad you're here. We have a gift for you. It's called The Book for Christ, and you can pick it up through those double doors. There's a higher table. They're on that table to the left. You can pick that up on the way. We're really glad you've been with us today. And I'd like to ask you to pray with me as the band comes forward. Father, we thank you for the truth that you've given us in your word that sets us free. We thank you for the help. That you don't just 
give us life and the responsibility of it and then leave us to ourselves, but you want to guide and direct and lead us. God, I, I pray that you would help us in this. This month, help us to gain a glimpse that we can begin to or continue to work out how do we listen to you? How do you guide us? How do we follow you? Help us, Father, to want to be immersed in your resources that you provided so graciously to lead us. We ask for your help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.